I am Angela That's DK, what I love. Mr. Mallard. Uh, join me as always, uh, Mr. Chief of Morale himself, Bud Copeland. Bud, how are you this evening before we so the point being is good golfers are fucking dime a dozen. And we saw it in full swing that the line of demarcation between Here, are you ready, Bud? Are you ready for the players? Are you ready to make money? Are you ready to try to beat me? I didn't do my homework this week. Welcome in, welcome in, everybody. This is Divots and Pivots here on the Fantasy Sports Corporation Network. I am Andrew LaDuke, a.k.a. Mr. Mallard. Bud Copeland with me, as always. And look, Bud, I'm going to steal the thunder of your entrance here because... I know this isn't really breaking news, but why the hell not? We don't get to use this often on an 8 o'clock golf show on a Tuesday night, so let's do this. Do you know the – first of all, do you know what the breaking news I'm about to mention here? Can you guess? Because it just dropped about 7.30-ish. Oh, God, then it can't be Rory's 180. Well, it is Rory's 180. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You had that ready. You're like, ah, Bed Bud hasn't seen this yet. Um, I, know, I was already, I had already moved on to Colin Morikawa and how he's apparently stealing some uh, headlines with his comments. Look, folks, the the gloves have come off. It, yes. The the truth is out there. The 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 marriage is in the making. The PGA Tour PIF merger looks like it is finally coming to an end. That's what a lot of this means with Rory's comments and. Um, and I think he's the kind of guy who he's exhibited enough character to show that he's not doing this with a gun to his head. He's doing it because it's the right thing to do. Look, I was a little judgmental up front. I I understand it better now. You know, I can empathize with some of these guys and the decisions they're making. Um, you know, ergo, there's no bad blood anymore. I mean, yes, circumstances dictated a lot of this, but at the end of the day, that's what growth is about. You know, sometimes admitting you're wrong, you know, figuring out where that scar tissue is going to heal and then moving forward. He's got, I said this from the beginning with Phil. It wasn't what he was saying. It's how he was going about his business. And that's kind of been the uh, the argument the whole time where nobody gives a shit still because there's somebody else who's probably said it or expressed it in a little more diplomatic manner. So uh, the keyboard warriors out there are having a field day. Good for you. I mean, chirp, chirp. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure... Because here's people who want to latch on to the, the like, oh, look at him eat crow. I think are, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this to all of you. I think you're soft and I think you are a little weak. And I think you're, <laughs> you lack a little bit of confidence in reality. You know, there is the fun, uh, to kind of, but, you know, same way you bust your body's balls when something happens, you know, and he three putts, you know, it's like one of those things. It hurts. I'm going to rub it in a little bit, but you know, good on you. Move on. Same thing with Rory. Like, damn dude, that sucks. But you know, good for you. And in case you missed it, Andrew, what is the big news? I just dove right into Rory and, uh, falling on my, my proverbial sword for him. But I I can tell you right now, morale is not high. Morale is medium at best because I had some technical difficulties leading into the show. And, uh, and, and, and that's why I gotta, I really have to apologize to, to, to the dozens watching on YouTube of this low resolution cast that we have coming on tonight, but let's be honest. You're here for the information. You're here for the yes. entertainment and you're here for the dulcet tones of Mr. Andrew LaDuke, AKA Mr. Mallard. You tell the folks, what, what did Rory say? Like, how would you present it? How did you digest it? Uh, so I digested it uh, pretty much the same way I did with uh, what came out just a couple weeks ago about um, kind of the way he backed down then, if you want to say. Uh, but basically what we're talking about here is that Rory just came out. It was released by uh, Paolo Ugetti. I probably said that last name wrong on ESPN. Uh, that Rory says he thinks lived effectors should be allowed back if they still have the eligibility and if they choose to want to come back. And and he even alludes to his in his quote here about saying um, – uh, on this tour and if they want to come back and play or you want to try and do something let them come back he so i i that was the part i picked out as being specifically interesting because it is almost as if he was throwing the ball back to like everyone who is making the the groundwork for this new merger deal to like hey let's just figure this out and move on and get over with it because he I, I took that as him saying yeah let's figure out something 
a path for them and make it all just, you know, live in harmony again. We would love, uh, speaking of, that is why I'm wearing my live 2022 <laughs> Boston t-shirt. Uh, you know, every once in a while, live deserves, you know, a little more spotlight again, knowing their place. And we'll get into some more live news later, but right now it's about Rory and, uh, the full quote real quick, if you'll allow me quote, yeah. guys, made guys made choices to go play live. Guys made choices to stay here. If people still have eligibility on this tour and they want to come back and play or you want to try and do something, let them come back. I think mm -hmm. it's hard to punish people. I don't think there should be a punishment. Obviously, I've changed my tune on that because I see where golf is and I see that having a diminished PGA Tour and having a diminished Live Tour or anything else is bad for both parties. It would be much better being together and moving forward together for the good of the game. That's my opinion of it. So to me, the faster that we can all get back together and start to play and start to have the strongest fields possible, I think it's great for golf. Great. We've come full circle. It was fun. Everybody threw some mud. Yeah. A lot of people got rich. Uh, you know, Tyrrell, since we're already kind of into this, Tyrrell jump ship to, to live for $50 sure million. Dollars. But I, it's kind of like there was a great meme about it I saw, and uh, I should I should be jotting these things down, giving guys credits and shout outs and whatnot. But, you know, I was a little too kind of... <laughs> hammered by the cuteness of it it was the scene from jurassic park where mm -hmm. a chubby guy newman with the glasses yeah. at each and he's openly talking about dinosaurs and the guys he's talking to he's like Shh, keep it down and he's like there's dinosaurs there's dinosaurs he's just screaming <laughs> he's like, nobody cares and except for there's dinosaurs he was saying tyrell hatton's going to live tyrell hatton's going to live see yep. nobody cares and i mean that kind of as a positive and a negative the negative being Thank you. That's where your place is. It's become the retirement mm -hmm. tour. If anything, the PGA tour champions should be concerned, not concerned. It's not like they're huge money makers in the, in the grand scheme of things, but yeah. you know, some of these guys, maybe they will play until they're, you know, well, I guess these contracts are going to expire before they're 50 and now yeah. they'll be able to come back to PGA tour champions, but who knows? Maybe live is going to continue to do this. Just pick off these top 20, top 30 world golf ranking guys. who have got a couple of wins, maybe a major here and there. Uh, you know, throw that money at them and so be it. So that's what it ends up being. And that's kind of what Rory's saying. All right, fine. They want to have their little tour. Uh, if you know, and I like what he said, if you got eligibility, come on back because yeah, at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to juggle the demands of fully committing to either tour. So in, I think the, in, in our estimate, there is no compromise on the live side. They've signed on the dotted line. And from what we hear, it's be here, be there, you're playing no ifs, ands, or buts. I don't see the live side kind of bending, saying, sure, we'll let you sit out Mayakoba this weekend so you can go play in the Pebble Beach, you know, signature event for the same. Yeah, that won't prize. happen. Right. <laughs> so it's it's kind of interesting because it's it's similar to what we said the majors were going to do, and it's what they ended up doing. And mm -hmm. if I can just be my little Nostradamus moment, when this whole thing started, I said the <laughs> majors aren't going to move. They're going to look at this and go, all right, we don't have to change how we do business. You know, you all exactly. need to figure out uh, what's going to happen between you. We're just not going to change anything yet. I mean, nothing's set in stone. Who knows? Maybe all of a sudden in the next two years, you know, the top three points earners on the P are invited to the PGA, you know, the way that they kind of do the top 10 here and there to get invites to these majors. So it's moving in that direction. I just don't ever see it, quote unquote, overtaking golf. Look what we've seen in these last few weeks with some of these winners. You got the guy from France who, I mean, everybody mm -hmm. was on the, um, you Not know, bon. but yeah, yeah, I did love seeing. <laughs> did you catch the, uh, the French announcement announcers? We've been missing that in golf. It, we have been well, missing that in golf. <laughs> well, that, that brings up Colin Morikawa's recent comments where he's talking about that. Like, what are we packaging? What What's the product yeah. we're putting out there? Because, the, you know, Rory said it to these uh, these sponsors are going to start, you know, same, same old song and dance. Uh, you know, we're not really getting that bang for our buck anymore. Or just like with the farmers, they have new strategy, new chief executive, you know, new yep. vision that happens. That's the, that's the you know, course of doing business, I guess, you know, Honda's out in South Florida and now we got the cognizant classic or whatever the hell they're calling it. Uh, but the Colin Morikawa just kind of calling it out too, needing, needing to figure out how do we make this a little more engaging and entertaining? Uh, I will say that the whole thing in French or maybe, you know, having it, ha having it, try this out for an hour find the live yeah, stick with me find the light 
find the live feed from whatever country that player is playing, like find his hometown, even if it's a radio announcer or whatever the hell, and have that when it cuts to that person, you still get Jim Nance, you know, talking about you know, murder she wrote after 60 minutes tonight on CBS over to the 18th, you know, that kind of, and then when it tosses over there, you get, we, we, yeah. or you get the, the Spanish, the Spanish people coming in for Rombo. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it'd be fun. Something, something a little bit different. I don't think that's what Morikawa was talking about with moving the needle, mm. but how much can you really, how much do we really want to shake up the format of these tournaments? If that was the whole argument to begin with, yeah, I mean, I don't want to. Like, that's something we've said that that was one of the cons that, that we had against Liv is was that it was just slightly too different for us to consider it the main competitive version of golf. Like, I don't want to shake up the format too much. Um, broadcast is some, some stuff you can be doing that you're alluding to, like maybe offer some more global options. Um, that that's a bigger thing though. Now, because now you're talking about Korea, I, I don't like there's there's this things you could do that I hope the PGA is looking at because I think there are avenues to grow the game still. Um, I'm not convinced that the the format of these tournaments and stuff is necessarily the the first thing that should be looked at though. I th- I just think there's other there's other you know uh, whatever you want air, fields of change that need to happen first. What we're talking about here is we're going to, they're going to end up reviving the WGCs, the world golf championships. Correct. So that way Which I'm you fine have, with. yeah, fine. Who cares if that's yeah. what if that's, <laughs> if we're talking about, like that super seniors champions league or whatever the hell they want to call it and, you know, model it however you want. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's, that's kind of what we're ended up looking at is five or yeah. six a year. Uh, maybe there's like, you know, two hosted <clears throat> by live and four hosted by the PGA tour alliances. And then, so you got those six, world golf championships we're just going to revive them the wgc's are back folks and uh you know one's a team event one's a match play event you know and then four stroke play events but sorry weenies you gotta you gotta walk 72 holes um bring those back and have those just be the creme de la creme from all the tours around around the world and that's what we did basically for a while tiger cleaned up on those i think that's that's a sneaky stat right there he won something like 18 or 20 wgc's in that same kind of that run so uh, they're going to bring that back. That's what it's going to be because then, then between those and the majors, you are going to have 10 and then maybe organically, you know, like the players championship opens it up to a handful of live guys or whatever it might be. But that's how you're going to get your 10 to 12 elite fields, you know, globally each year. And then these guys are just going to carry a heavy load, you know, elsewhere with the demands that, you know, whatever tour is putting on them. But uh, I think that's that's that mutual understanding that it's going to come to, and they're going to call it. They're going to they're going to they're going to auction it off to someone, and it's going to be the whatever cup, kind of like they got the Rolex series for the DP World yeah. Tour, the FedEx Cup for the PGA Tour. They're going to call this something, and that's what that's what this new for profit entity. That's what it's going to be gen- generating revenue towards. So yeah, well, I, I saw something interesting on Twitter. And I wish I remembered exactly which live account it was because it was one of them, and I can't remember exactly which one but they just simply put like the top 15 currently on the pga up uh, right next to a list of the top 15 on the live tour right now as if they were going head to head as two teams and i looked at that list on both sides and said hell that looks like a hell of a good time to watch and it got me thinking like hell would it be the worst idea to just lean into it a pga v live tournament every year or every other year whatever you like whether you do it Ryder cup style or whether you just do it as a tournament whatever but make it so that it's you know the top 13 guys on the pga tour up against the 13 guys from the live and the way that live can do it is that each team has can nominate one person from their team to, to represent them and, and, and that's 13 versus 13 and boom and it's both sides get something boom. out of that you know yeah, both sides get something out of it. I, I would tune into that. I think that sounds interesting. Boom. Well, there you have it right there, too. If I'm the PGA <laughs> Tour, I've already got my... And who knows with the, with the direction of TV rights? You know, we, we see this mm-hmm. in coming up in a lot of sports here, uh, especially... Like, I don't know how the NFL gets away with the sheer volume. I mean, because we're gluttons. We love the NFL. We can't... You know, did you... Oh, my family's from Detroit. It's been a... Uh, the tech... The, look, the tech I, think, I think all of America outside of... San Fran and Kansas City has been oh, because everyone wanted Detroit. Come on, man. I I heard uh, there's a show I watch and the guy roasts, he kind of quasi roasts his uh, guests when he introduces them. He was introducing nice. one. He said, you know, what did he say? Just like the Detroit Lions, she's from Detroit and not going to the Super Bowl. And I was like, oh. Oof, this is going to be because it's not like 
it's not like they just lost. It's not like they went, they went in there and got, got uh, beat, they, you know, 40, 42 to 15 or 15. They choked. They were they there. Choked. There were people I would love to see. I would freaking love to see the Google activity from right around halftime to see what the flight searches mm. were like. Where were they? You know, who, who was searching oh, yeah. from where, what were the prices? That's what, what I want to see. Somebody get, somebody get a... <laughs> Mid game tattoos. Uh, <laughs> that would actually be an interesting take. All right. So, um, tier tier was going to live. We can knock that off the yep. list because the real live news was much more around Rory's comments, kind of signaling Last that, minute. you know what, <laughs> enough's enough. So, which brings me up to another Rory related, uh, kind of segue. Grayson Murray back in the news. And Grayson yep. was famously the guy at last year. We've already been through this one earlier this year, last year at the yep. players meeting after the announcement with the PIF, you know, Jay, you suck. You need to resign. I don't think he said you suck, but he basically said, we, we can't <laughs> trust you anymore. Like you owe us. And Roy yeah. just shouted from the front, Hey, Grayson play better. But, you know, mm -hmm. being like, and apparently it was cordial and everything like that. Well, Grayson Murray did play better. And now he is on the player advisory council, Andrew, would you like to explain to our fans what, or remind them? Because listen, if you're listening to this, you probably have some tangential uh, knowledge of the Player Advisory Council on the PGA Tour, or you're related to one of us. But uh, would you? Yeah. Do you want to educate the class? Uh, sure, I can, and then you're probably going to correct me. Um, it's, I mean, they're basically the liaisons between the the executives and the players themselves. I mean, it's, it's all it is. It's it's that's it. It's it's the student council of your of your high school. It's that. It's it's what they are. Shots fired. Student council. The, come on. No, no, this, that's not. No, be... no, I'll have you know that's not shots fired. I was okay. So we're talking. Hold on. My, we're my, talking my, my like 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 like. I mean, I was I was part of the. What's high like, level? Like, are we talking like post eight, like high school, or are we talking about like grad, like college? I, I gotta know high, where we're drawing. I'm talking, here. I'm talking high school. In high, like in high school, for instance, I was on the state executive board for all of Massachusetts for student council. Like that's fair. That's I, a fair. Okay, I was the president of a region, so I meant that in no disrespect. That was like a, it's okay. the, you're the liaison between two different groups of people. No, I mean I did when you said it. I was, I thought it was a nice shot, but anyway, the. Um, <laughs> The player advisory council, you're right. They're the liaisons between the, the it's 16 players and they meet in, in kibitz and like they try to advise Jay Monahan on uh, you know how to run things. Cause then there's the then there are the player there are the player directors who sit on the policy board. Not the policy board is the actual like board of directors. Funny enough, they were listing out all the policy board members and their dates of uh tenure or whenever their office, their their yeah. uh, term is. And, you know, Jordan Spieth is on there, popping in there for Rory. So his says like 23, 24, because at the end of this year, whoever gets nominated or elected from the Player Advisory Council as chairman gets to slide into that spot. And uh, next to Tiger's name, there, there were no dates. Um, it just <laughs> says Tiger Woods. You know, everybody else has their has their start and end dates. And then there's just, yeah. And I found he's, well, he's I did always find that been there and he's never going anywhere. So, yeah. I did find that interesting with this kind of like emeritus position. So uh, yeah, Grayson Murray, Kevin Streelman, this guy, some guy named Teeter. I didn't know we had a Teeter on tour, but um, yeah, Josh yeah, Teeter. Where are we? This here we go. The tour announced the Sun, Josh Teeter, twenty twenty four. So Lance, Atlanta Griffin, Grayson Murray, Sam Burns, Nick Hardy, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, Mac Hughes, Keith Mitchell, Seamus Power, Scotty Scheffler, Adam Shanks, Kevin Streelman, Nick Taylor, Josh Teeter. Justin Thomas and Camilo Villegas. Villegas. They got a good. They got a good mix of different tiers of golfers in there. Like that. I, obviously, well, I'm I assuming think, that was the point. But that's a it, good mix. Yeah, whether intentionally or unintentionally, because there is something to be said about uh, the "let them eat cake" attitude of just play better, Grayson. And again, I think I think that was meant in jest, and they you know they talked about it later, and apparently it was all fun. Uh, but you can get in that 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 realm of you know the top twenty five make all the decisions they reap all the rewards so yep. why wouldn't they win the pip every year and do all this and with this new entity coming I think that's also where you're going to see maybe a stronger concentration of the more you know the best of the best the top gun of the tour if you will uh, you know kind of having their representation because there is that trickle down effect what we're seeing is the PGA tour. Um, you know, I think in a global sense is 
Well, I think it's showing just how good the golfers are out there with Nick Dunlap, with these new these new faces winning, you know, these kind of not coming out of nowhere, but it's not gobbled up by the the elite best of the best than some would argue. Yeah, because most of them are over on live right now. Um, but they're in this moment of kind of where do they fit in. I don't think that they have a stranglehold say week in week out on the elite because you can't deny some of the names that are missing like this week at pebble beach um perfect example this is a this is a kind of place that you'd love to see brooksy and bryson uh and and maybe dj still taking a stab at because they're that good at the sport and they're not necessarily horses for courses they're just gods amongst men uh but we don't and they made that choice so objectively you have to say of course it's a little weaker but then we see a kid like nick dunlap come out and that's where my counter argument always comes back is it weaker or is it just that we're gonna you'll find out real quick that those guys aren't necessarily unicorns you know we've had a tiger a jack you know a ben hogan a bobby jones you know there's one there's one kind of sprinkled through but they all can't be that guy they all can't be him And so it's the reason uh, why most so, guys don't win more than once in a calendar year on tour. I mean, even the best of the best sometimes only win once, if at all. Yeah, JT didn't exactly J- Justin Thomas last year. We we would judge his year just horrible. He didn't even make the FedEx Cup yeah. playoffs. Take take three steps back. He finished 71st in the money list, millions of dollars. You know, any other any other golfer, human being, you know, layperson would look at that. And so you do have to also remind ourselves of relativity there and uh, what's important to who, because there are plenty of guys like Kevin Kisner talks about, you know, he's paying. You know, what do you say? 20th place pays pretty good out here. Not a lot. Yeah, a couple hundred yeah. grand. You know, th- these guys are millionaires and they play golf to do it uh, again, not to minimize just how hard it is or what they do. So it is good to yeah. see, you know, Josh Teeter out there. And you know what? We're going to find out who Josh Teeter is and we're going to yeah, give you all a now we have to figure out what, what's going on with Teeter, but we don't have that kind of time tonight. So Kevin Streelman and uh, Camilo Bijegas have been the t- are the two that I guess the player directors kind of nominated, or I don't know how it works, if it's an official thing, okay. or if they just kind of say, like, hey, we think it should be one of these two guys. But there will be a vote, I guess, by end of February, and one of them will be elected as the chairman of the Player Advisory Council, and then fill in. Uh, they sit on a board for a term after jo- Jordan Spieth finishes Rory's current term. So that's the big, that's the big nerdy wonky news coming out of the PGA tour. And again, last thing on this, that little bit of nerddom, that little bit of kind of behind the scenes structure and access uh, and relatability, you know, immediately you're like, oh yeah, no, I get it. Like I sat on the executive council for, you know, the state of New Hampshire student council, which that's the kind of relatability that I think in a weird way that the PGA tour will still always have. No matter how commercialized yeah. it becomes and how much money they make, the structure is something we can relate to versus, I mean, again, um, the, the, the quality uh, uh, of bi- 32 billionaires <laughs> sitting in a room making all the decisions like in the NFL. I'm telling you. Yeah, exactly. Well, even that, that's a, but you can yeah. play, you go play, you go play football and you have a local team. I'm talking about then this, the live is kind of like this elite. Imagine you were playing little league or some sport like that. It's like some, elite billionaire was like hey i'm going across the country and plucking out the best players we're only going to play a handful of tournaments you know if, you know in places mm-hmm. you've never been to but i'm going to pay you a bunch of money or you know whatever it, it that's what they're doing but what does it all really mean not a whole lot we don't know how it works uh and it's still weird and and super new so uh i don't i i, I still it is what it is and like rory's saying i guess we just have to live with it and make space for it I can see that the quality of golf is still there. I still just don't think the product of live is anything to really shake a stick at. Correct. No, I completely agree. And uh, I think, I think we should, we can be done talking live for the show. I think we <laughs> hammered it. <laughs> I think, I think we've I, already talked never, much more than never. we planned I, on. I'm it. going into part two here in just a second. No. And I'm, um, and I'm much more excited to talk about the next things we're going to talk about. Cause I thought this was a great idea you came up with for this week. Uh, if you're ready to get into our foursomes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Forward. Get over to dc4lcustomtees.com to get your divots and pivots merch. Morning wood right here. You can see behind me uh, the sweatshirts, the t-shirts, the uh, the crew cut sweaters, and the coffee mugs. As you can see, Bud holding up to the screen here. Morning wood. The, all the divots and pivots merch. There'll be more added to that as well, not just uh, morning woods. Um, so you can get it all there. But let's talk foursomes because you had uh, – and this question has been asked many times before. I think I've given a completely different answer. Every yeah, it's never old. Every single one of these uh, these categories. But uh, because it's Pro-Am Week, 
uh, our celebrity foursome. Uh, let's start there because we'll, we'll we'll do our pro foursome, we'll, uh, both living and dead. Uh, so let's get into our celebrity foursome. I'll tell you right now for all for all three of these categories, I kind of went with the mindset of I want someone who is actually decent at golf. I want someone who is there for the trash talk slash humor uh, humor aspect, and I want someone there who is going to be telling all the interesting, crazy stories. Like I thought of it as a, a whole experience. So for me, my celebrity foursome, Justin Timberlake, Michael Jordan, and Charles Barkley, because JT mm-hmm. is just fun to be around from what I can tell. I've seen him on the golf course videos with him. It looks like a ton of fun. Michael Jordan, the gambler, the trash talker, the, the kind of crazy man that he is. Uh, and Charles Barkley, just because that that's a mixture of the humor, and you know he's going to trash talk with Michael, and that would just be fun to witness. So that's my celebrity force that I'd like to play with. I like that. I I, 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 I like the MJ thing. My first thought was, who's going to bet with MJ? Who, who you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if JT. I mean, I'm sure he's competitive, but I don't know if he rolls like that, 300 grand a hole and stuff. That'd be fun. I yeah. uh, I went with the approach of I wanted some uh, some folks who were good. You know, I wanted I wanted two guys who were as good, if not better, than me. And I found two that are absolutely better than me. They're both plus handicaps, <laughs> and their names that you're going to know, obviously, because they're celebrities. Yeah. Uh, and we're doing this because AT and T Pebble Beach pro- is a pro am. We'll talk about yeah. about that in a little bit when we get to the structure of the field and what's significant about it. So I started off with I wanted a couple of guys who are as good if if not better, and then I wanted somebody who's going to make me laugh, and I don't care if they're good or not. And Jason Bateman filled that that one. I've seen him at the pro am, so he plays golf. He's funny as shit. That. I think he's one of the funniest humans alive. I know I love Jason Bateman. He's great. Um, sneaky good in uh, this movie, Smoke and Aces. About it's like a it's like oh, this over the top over the top assassin movie. He's freaking hilarious. It's a great cameo at the beginning. Uh, okay. But anyways, so Jason Bateman, and then I went with Tony Romo and John Smoltz, who both are famously excellent mm-hmm. professional sports athletes, Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. TBD on Tony, uh, but they're definitely plus handicaps, and they've competed at this level before. Because here's my theory: if I can get the two of them competing and kind of going at it with one another, maybe yeah. one of them makes a mistake or they don't see me kind of coming on the outside, trying to sneak in some, <laughs> some 10 footers, like on my best day, I would have to be yeah. on my best and I would have to catch them like kind of limping or distracted. And I might be able to have a shot, but I think that would be it for me. John Smoltz, Tony Romo and Jason Bateman. So then naturally like we go that. back into those are the three celebrities who would round out another foursome, but this time pro golfers living pro golfers living and uh, you did the last one first, so I'll lead off here. Mine's yep. pretty simple. Uh, they're just three that I'm I, I'm infatuated with their games and then mm-hmm. uh, their swings and their stories. And so it's Tiger. Duh. I mean, just of for course. me as a, a growing up, a, a fanatic and to just to, to walk 18 holes and kind of hear him talk about the game. And then you need somebody who he's going to do that with. And that'd be Justin, Justin Thomas, JT and Tiger have this mm-hmm. brother, big brother, little brother relationship. I'd love totally. to be around that. And then I had Freddie in the third spot and I backed out at the very last minute and I put Nellie Corda in there. And it's nice. because, uh, first of all, she's got probably one of the best swings of any human alive. And it's elegant and it's powerful. And she won this last week in a magnificent mm-hmm. like recovery. She blew oh, wow. a three-stroke lead. Then she finishes Eagle Birdie to force a playoff. Shouts to Nellie Corda. Uh, she shows to Lydia Ko, who was trying to go back to back. And as we mentioned last week, this would have been her last we'll her point in the, hall of fame. the hall of fame. So she's obviously going for it. She's on a, a heater right now. So I, I don't think we're done hearing from Lydia Ko for the this year. So JT tiger and Nelly. And cause I've also seen these stories where at some of these co-ed events or at the Olympics where people are just sitting there staring at Nelly Corda swing because it is, it's just on repeat and it's perfect. And she's just this like tall slender thing. And when you see her hit a golf ball, you're like, what? And then you just feel so inadequate as a man. All right. So I love your, I love your living three because you saw the direction I took and I think you took a totally different approach. And I think that speaks to our backgrounds in the game. Yeah. Well, I took kind of the similar approach that, like I said, I was going to take, I I wanted really good. Now granted, these guys are all obviously really good at golf, but I went John Daly because I want someone to pound beers with who's going to be betting and who's going to be an absolute ride and have a bunch of fun. Um, I went John Rom. Uh, because and look, I will say oh, I wanted to put Ti- I wanted to put Tiger because um, obviously I want to play golf with Tiger. Who doesn't? If you're a golf fan, uh, I was just trying to think outside the box for myself. Oh, I, I felt like everyone w- was going to expect me to put Tiger, so I went John Rom because uh, John Rom has been in a ton of 
uh, different creative aspects around golf on YouTube and in different formats lately, the man is a fun trash talker. He's got this side of him that we don't get to really see um, on the cameras. So uh, John Rahm, I have him in there for the, the trash talking. And then Nick Faldo, because I want, once again, I want that guy who's going to have the stories we've never heard, who's going to be able to probably, you know, go back and forth with Daly a little bit with some stories as well. So I just thought a balance of John Daly, John Rahm, and Nick Faldo would just be a fun day. I actually like that a lot. Love the Rombo and who, call. And who doesn't want to play golf with a, a knighted man? Like, also, you got that, Sir Nick Faldo. <laughs> I want that on the on the on my golf cart. So, do you call him Sir, even though you are not subject to the British Crown? You do it no, just out of respect. I do not. I just Ooh. I just know that's how he's referred. So I will I will in this case when it's convenient for me and good for my argument, I will refer to him as sir. It's like it's like meeting a doctor from a third world country and you just call him by his first name. Um, by the way, we're getting John Ron back in, in golf uh, down at Mayakoba. Liv kicks things off this week. Yes. So, you know, set your reminders to get on YouTube. Uh, what am I saying? Yes. I'm hoping people are watching this on YouTube. All right. And so then last but certainly not least, and I don't know if you understood the assignment. Apparently um, not because I'm seeing now the pro part and I obviously did not go. Here's the pro, thing though. Here's but... the thing though. Here's the thing though. I can't argue with your threesome. Like when I saw I thought it, you'd like, I thought you would like this one. I, it, it actually is kind of like an homage to my parents in a weird way, because uh, yeah. when you walk in my parents' house, before you see any of the pictures of their children, you see a framed picture of one of these guys and it's, and it's signed. So uh, <laughs> go ahead. I, I yeah, thought so... you're, 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 you're three. And these were celebrity past or no no these were pros sorry not celebrities pros they were supposed to be pros i took the celebrity approach though uh like but it. but those who have passed on uh so arnold palmer for the golf reasons we've already mentioned arnold palmer just that that's that would just be hell just to take a walk with him forget playing golf i'd love to just take a walk man that would have been great um and then yeah then i took a little turn i went frank sinatra because once again as my theme with this these groupings the stories that man probably has from his, his days in showbiz and, and and whatnot and music, Frank Sinatra, that would be, I just think, would That's be bothering. cool and interesting. Uh, and then to kind of balance that off, Robin Williams, for this for the sole reason, well, I shouldn't say the sole reason, but for the first reason that came to my head is because I literally will want to hear him tell the invention of golf joke on a golf course and just live in that moment. Because it's it. still, I think, one of the funniest and well, most well-constructed jokes of all time. It's up there. It's a, it, 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 it's a good bit of comedy and it's a great bit of golf lore. Uh, yeah, you chose the Robin Williams for the same reason I chose Jason Bateman. It would just, it would honestly, if yeah. you could finish a sentence with anything you want, if you say, hey, do you want to go with Robin Williams and do X? Yep. And I don't mean like do ecstasy. I just mean <laughs> fill in the blank. All right, my real quick, my pro, my pro past foursome. Uh, Bobby Jones, Walter Hagen, and Francis we met. It's it, it's the heart of American golf, the foundation of kind of what, what th yep. those three really launched things for American golf between Francis we met and his amateur victory at the Open, between mm -hmm. Walter Hagen and really helping the development of the PGA of America and making professional golf a, not I'm not going to say respectable, because uh, it was never not respectable, but make it sure. a more kind of understood <laughs> Uh, profession and organized. And then obviously Bobby Jones, like I say, we, we have once every, every, you know, we have one of these guys every few generations and I wouldn't even put Walter or Francis, obviously up there in the tier with Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, yeah. uh, Jack Nicholas and then Tiger Woods. And we don't have the next one yet, but I think we might in some of these, you know, in some of this we'll good talent's coming up. So there you have it, Bobby, Walter and Francis. And now let's hear I from love... underdog. Well, yeah, oh, no, actually... you didn't know I was going to pitch it. Well, no, you, you went right into it because I really fast want to say I, I also almost put Francis we met on there as well. He was he was I was tossing him back and forth. So I, I'm glad that he was represented and you added him in there for all the reasons you said. Now, if you'd like to pitch it again, we can hear from Underdog. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades no waivers it's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger you simply have to sit and win you don't even have to set your lineup always get your best score every week just enter a contest draft your team and underdog will do the rest what could make this even better how about free money up to 100 dollars using our exclusive promo code 
Go online now and use the promo code DIBPIV to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. And it is the AT&T Pebble Beach program. So, yes, that means right there in the title, we're going to Pebble Beach. And first, can I just say, shame on us. Shame on us. Shame on us. How did we not get Cutter on here for this episode? The caddy from Pebble Beach. Like, Shame on he, us is all he, I have to say. He's probably pretty busy right now, I'd imagine. With the, oh, with he's, the he's, he's got it off. He's Excuse off. What? He's he not on the He's got time off. <laughs> he's, I, I could have sworn I saw him post on Twitter or Facebook earlier saying he's got some time Shouts off. Shouts Cutter the caddy. Yeah, we got to get him back on. And uh, maybe we can get some some kind of post-game analysis of uh, the Pebble Beach yeah. here soon. Um, no, I well, like you said, we're, yeah. we're back at Pebble Beach, and it is what it is. It's the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. They have 80 guys in the field. And I said that earlier about why that's significant. This is... The, these these signature events are going to be the only full field events are going to be Tigers, Jacks, and uh, Arnold Palmers. Uh, the, those three are going to be full field events with cut and everything like that. Everybody else can be these like limited field, no cut uh, yeah. events, but this one's a little bit bigger because it is a pro am. So they have 80 spots instead of 60 to 70 that you'll see elsewhere because it's going to be the top 50 from last year's FedEx Cup. And then they've got these Aon, you know, swing five and next 10. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then there's sponsors exemptions and stuff like that. So they got 80 guys in the field, which there was a fascinating thing about Keith Mitchell, who was in the field. And then when Justin Timber, Justin Timberlake, then when Nick Dunlap, <laughs> when Nick Dunlap won and turned pro, he automatically got that signature, you know, invite uh, to the yeah, signature, yeah. and that bumped Keith Mitchell Keith out. Mitchell out. But then, with like the swing five or whatever the hell they're calling play, it, play better, uh, Keith. <laughs> Justin Thomas moved into the top thirty, so that's how he got his spot in this week's field. Mm -hmm. So that opened up Justin Thomas's spot that would have been on, I guess, the swing five. That's where. Yep. Havon or whoever kind of came in there, and then because then that moved things around. So like, there's all sorts of weird reasons. <laughs> Hey, now that these guys make this field, there's 80 of them this week. They are playing with celebrities. They're going to play two days. They, this thing used to be around three different courses and they're ch changing that up yep. even where it's going to be two days, one day at Pebble beach, one day at spyglass. And then the next, the Saturday, Sundays, both at Pebble, no celebrities, you know, just all go, no quit, big nuts, PGA tour golf for you. Yeah. Back to the fact that it's Pebble. This yeah. is what we know about Pebble. It's on the water, so if it's windy, it's hard as shit. Yep, it's often it has windy. The <laughs> smallest greens. It's right on the fucking Pacific. Smallest yep. greens on the PGA Tour averages something like you know three thousand square feet, thirty five hundred square feet, something like that. <clears throat> uh, not that that's a frame of reference where people can just they can envision that they're tiny greens compared. Right, but to if you watch if you watch any of the broadcasts this weekend, you will notice a difference just with your eyes when you look at them. They look a lot smaller than a normal course. Yeah, and they're not they're not they're not necessarily super fast with this poa poa nanua or whatever yep. poa anua grass, uh, but the rough around that place can get penal. And you know, for a signature event like this, this is what I'm curious about: Did they allow them to go that little bit, little bit extra? They give it not necessarily U.S. Open uh, mm -hmm. length, but saying that it is a signature event. You know, this is going to be our shining moment. So let's toughen it up a little bit. So tiny greens, not overwhelmingly long, but if the wind plays a factor in, it can be. Uh, and then basically who's got a good short game this week. That traditionally is how you win moving around Pebble beach. Yeah, no, you, you nailed it. And I think that leads right into at least the, the, the key stats that I, I followed, uh, when picking my, my, my guys this week, uh, for all the reasons you just said, I mean, uh, the biggest one is the green sizes for me. Cause you've got to have guys who can, who can pick a spot and hit it, uh, or at least hit it roughly close. Um, and when it comes to the wind, like we said, the wind is so unpredictable. So that's a, an unpredictable part about Pebble this week. We'll see. Um, but it's, I would say bet on wind. And that's when the stars of the tour will typically shine uh, is playing in that wind. And don't forget, a lot of European guys will shine in wind because they grew up playing in wind on link style courses. So this is another thing just to kind of keep in the back of your mind. Um, so when we go into our key three stats here, uh, I know for me, uh, as always, putting and approach is in there, but I doubled up on even approach, and uh, I went ball striking, strokes game ball striking. And then you could even look at this next one as in the, a triple up on approach into these greens because I went with uh, approach shots proximity 100 to 125 yards out. 
So I'm really banking on guys who are going to be hitting these irons and these wedges uh, consistent and accurately this week, and then follow that up with uh, par fours 400 to 450 because that is the majority of this course is in that 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 yardage, which is a ho hum par four for the <laughs> that leaves them with about a buck buck twenty wedge in their hand. Well done, Andrew. And I also like. Exactly. The Lynx reference because this is basically the only Lynx style course that is a staple on the PGA Tour. And you do see uh, the European guys have a little bit of an edge, especially in the windy conditions. So well done. You we, did. It was Justin Rose last year, right? Did he, was Justin this Rose won, won last year? Yeah, Justin Rose won last year. He is not in my emergency nine, but he would not be a bad play. He uh, isn't playing horrible right now. And again, horses for courses or at least familiarity. And uh, But the weather is going to be shite is what they would say overseas. It's going to be shite. Uh, looks like it's going to be 55 degrees and rainy and windy. So, uh, yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is miserable on the Pacific. <laughs> knowing that though, you know, you do think about it. You want to go with guys who might be familiar with that kind of weather. Uh, but this is also where you create, you gotta, you gotta be creative. Uh, you know, you gotta be able to recover, scramble, all that kind of stuff. I kept it simple. Uh, and I went strokes gained ball striking, which again, off the tee and approach. There it is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's up there with like a T to green, you know, strokes gain T to green. Yeah. Similar, I will, similar. I will say these fairways aren't the hardest to hit and like no. they're, they're fairly easy when it comes to tour standards. So that just keep that in mind as well. Yeah. And so I got, um, so I got strokes gain ball striking. Duh. That, that one's up there. Strokes gain putting and strokes gain around the green. And I'm just trying to keep it as simple as humanly possible. Uh, not try to overanalyze because again, a course like this that folks are familiar with and you know, you, 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 I am going with a couple of gut shots in my, in my emergency nine here in a second, but uh, mostly I did lean on that to, to guide the first few picks. But then after that, I uh, kind of went off script for different reasons, but uh, <laughs> that's it folks. Keep the ball in play and, you know, keep your wits about you and hope that you can sink some 20 to 30 footers and you might have a chance around Pebble beach. Yeah, and that's true. And, and using those those key stats, uh, they are the key things that we use to pick out our <laughs> I don't appreciate the laugh because I, I recognize how fumbled that was as I lost my train of thought. But anyways, back well, to the emergency. No. Uh, Wait, what was that? <laughs> I like that you came back to start it off fresh. We're gonna we're gonna do it live, damn it. Three, two, one. And of course, when you give me the the actual countdown there, my mouse button decides to not properly work. Whatever. That's what we do here on Divots and Pivots. We have fun. Uh, let's get into the emergency nine, though, because, and I unfortunately, I wrote my list backwards, so I got to read it from the bottom because we do the, we go from nine to seven first. Um, I feel like looking at my list, I, ha I do have a, a, a kind of solid mix of um, American golfers and European tour red golfers so um i find that interest interesting so we'll we'll see uh but my number nine is uh is ludwig Eber. uh my number eight is eric cole and my number seven first appearance on the list this year but i'm sure it won't be his last is victor hovland i i just think these are like i said i'm going for the guys that can they can hit those wedges and irons close and accurate um and guys that are used to to weather so Aberg, Cole, and Hovland. I think Cole has made it on all my emergency nines to start the year this year. All five. I think he has. You kept him around after last week. I appreciate I that. I know. About you. All right. Boudreaux's nine, eight, and seven. Nick Dunlap. How can you not? It's his first. You know, I'm just hoping for a good story and I'm pulling for, for karma there. Hideki mm -hmm. Matsuyama, he had a shitty return to golf and then he's ripped off a 30th and a 13th. <laughs> and when he's on that kind of trajectory, uh, he can place the ball anywhere he wants it, which is what you this need around true. Pebble Beach. And then Jordan Spieth, he has a great history here. Yes, he yeah. was 63rd last year, but then he's got a second, a T3, a T9. I believe he's got a victory here in the past. I could be wrong about that one, but I do know that he, the kid can scramble, and this is the kind of course that he can do well in. I'll say, is there a better scrambler on tour than Jordan Spieth? I feel like that's what he's made his career off of, is the scrambling. <laughs> He's the guy that they would say, like back in the nineties, you would ask who, uh, you know, who's the best putter. And they would say, Brad Faxon, you know, who's the best wedge player, you know, maybe Justin Leonard, um, you know, for a long time, everybody would say they would take tigers, but yeah, what's his kind of signature move is his short yeah. game. You know, Dr Rory's known for his driver. Jordan's known for his short game. Yeah. Oh, it makes sense. And it's, it's 
it's hurt uh, Spieth in the at times, and it, and it saved him at others. So that's just what you get uh, when you do that. Uh, who are you rolling with for six to four? So all these guys are in the top twenty of my model, and uh, starting with Fairway Jesus, Tommy Fleetwood. He's he was hot <laughs> over in Dubai, pun intended. Yeah, came close. You know, had a close call there with Rory sneaking in, and then uh, right above him, Justin Thomas. He's on the he's on the mend. He's on his way back. He sat out last week because he had already qualified for this week. So I guess he's feeling comfortable and good about his game, which makes yep. me feel good about life. And then I'm right there with you, Ludwig Aber or Ober. I guess I guess Ober is what I heard. Uh, is it but I, do, now? I, I don't fucking know. We'll, I thought we we'll had it with a bear. Damn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out golf someday, but uh, I think that he's going to figure it out again soon. He's playing well and he keeps, keep, he keeps his name on the front page of the leaderboard yeah. enough to make me feel comfortable to continue to pick him. Yeah, no, I think that make it makes perfect sense. Obviously, I had him in mind. So uh, you, you ride the the hot hands, and a, I don't think there, there's fewer hotter names than a bear in golf right now. When you look at it from a, a global standpoint, uh, my six to four goes with uh, Rory McIlroy, uh, Sam Ryder, and Max Homa. And Max Homa, I love because he he tends to play his better golf on the West Coast. It seems, um, and I think that this just seems to shape up well for him. Uh, this week, uh, Sam Ryder is a bit of a, a dart throw. He's I've he's one of those guys that I tend to not uh, pick right. I miss on the, the weeks I pick him, he does bad. The weeks I don't pick him, he, he shows up. So we'll see if I get him right this week. But yeah, McElroy, Sam Ryder, and Max Homa for me for my six through four. And then I guess oh, you already gave us your six through four. Yeah, but <laughs> bring us to our three to one here. Uh, and this is where I'm going In to talk. Three, two, one. <laughs> I'm going top heavy for my three to one here because uh, I got Scotty Scheffler at my number three. Um, I got Adam Scott, who if you look, if you're playing DraftKings this week, Adam Scott, I believe, was only like seven thousand on DraftKings. I feel like that's a steal. Um, I feel like that he he shapes up well for the scenario this week in between the weather and the and the course type. Uh, and then my number one, Xander Shoffley. Um he he's just playing really well right now, and I and I was on him last week. I I think the week before that too. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna stick with it. Uh, so Xander Scott and Scheffler are my top three of my emergency nine. You know something that jumped out to me was when you look at the field history of this event. Rory absent the last five years, if ever. Scotty Scheffler, same. Xander not here. J- JT not here. Colin not here. So it is guys like Jordan Spieth, Patrick Cantlay, even Jason Day, who've got a little more uh, history. But uh, just just found that interesting because Jordan Spieth yeah. kind of jumped him into my my model, and then I saw that he ranked out high enough in my model to warrant a head nod and. Here we are. Three, two, one. Uh, Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland sneaks in at number three for me. Similar reasons as what you said, but also he has won on uh, Pebble before. This is where he won his U.S. Amateur uh, back yes. before he, he turned pro. So, again, maybe a little horse for course or at least nostalgia there. And then my top two, Xander Shoffley. He's going to pop pretty soon. His his recent history and his form is right there. Ninth at the Farmers, third at the Amex, tenth at the Century. And then I'm, I agree with you, Max Homa, number one. I keep calling him the California kid for a reason. This is where he wins. Yep. And uh, he's not exactly playing bad, uh, you know, 13th, 14th, 7th, but he's, you know, gaining mm-hmm. he's gaining six strokes on the field, nine strokes on the field, eight strokes on the field. So he's he's right there in a position with Xander. Yeah. No, I, Max Homa seems like a, like just a smart player for the same reasons I said as well. I do have an interesting question when it comes to – because this is a pro-am, yeah. uh, and do you think there's guys that – in those first two days with the, with the celebrity partners or so do, do you think playing with a celebrity like that, obviously these golfers are celebrities in themselves. I'm sure they're not starstruck, but do you think there's an element of uh, either more, com- some of these guys might be more comfortable playing with a, with a, a celebrity amateur or more nervous? Like, can, is there anyone you can think of that, that you think would fall into where it would actually affect them? Cause I kind of have always viewed it to where it doesn't really play an effect into the outcome of the weekend. The hardest part about this week for these guys isn't necessarily the fact about who they're playing with, whether they're, you know, really good or whatever, because most of them do get into that tunnel vision or in the moment. Uh, and they, you know, they're, they're pros for a reason. You know, th- it's not like they're, they get really nervous other than the first tee and then they get out there and they do their thing. Um, 
And I'm sure that, yes, a celebrity might keep them on their toes. But the length of these rounds, because they're playing in mm -hmm. foursomes, the, they're not used to sometimes. The, that's the one thing you'll hear them to bring up, these five and a half to six hour rounds. You yeah. you match you match that with sometimes the morning fog delays. And now we got rain on the horizon. And it can make for some very, very long days around Pebble Beach. So that's going to be really, I think, the, that you're going to hear people kind of talk about and maybe bitch about uh, more so than anything. No, that makes sense because the these guys are so regimented and what they're used to, they're going through the motions, like how their body feels after a certain amount of time. I mean, they're used to having their even like certain snacks or lunches, if you want to call it their sandwiches, after certain holes in the tournament. Like it's just part of their routine. I'm sure some of that's gonna be thrown off. Like, well, so uh I hadn't thought about that aspect of it, but that's a that's a, I mean, imagine, point to bring up. imagine this. You know how you have you have some of those days at work where um you're, you have to be on the whole day and you, you know yeah. what I mean? Where you have that mode of like, whether you're at a conference or you're maybe presenting mm -hmm. it to the clients or something, and you just have a day where you're just constantly on. And then at the, at the end of the day, when you sit down and you're like, Oh, you know, I didn't really physically do that much today, but mm -hmm. I'm freaking exhausted. Yeah, I mean, that's the same thing with these guys where their bodies, like you said, might be regimented or, you know, ready for a four and a half, five hour round. And again, when that starts, you know, going into five and a half, six hours and it's and when I yeah. say 55 degrees, but it's 55 degrees and like wet and windy in yeah. kind of a cold 55. I mean, so it's not exactly the loveliest, <laughs> the loveliest place to be this time of year. Uh, yeah. Shout PGA Tour. But uh, I am glad to see them see them give it a signature event because the location, I think that's going to be something again, moving forward with how do you how do you keep the PGA Tour significant? Uh, when you have when it's going up against Liv, nobody gives a rat's ass that Liv is playing Mayakoba down in Mexico. And I don't think the PGA no. Tour is sad that they lost that as a venue for the Mexican Open or uh, not the Mexican no. Open, the used to be called the Mayakoba. Yeah. But uh, I think more the more you might see this where how can we these gems? It's the same reason they put Harbor Town back on the the kind of top tier signature event series because it's a Pete die course. It's a gem. There's tradition there. So mm -hmm. that's one way they're going to rope these guys into it, but it's also a way to keep it accessible. No disrespect to the John Deere, but truth gun to your head. Where is it played? Eh, I don't know. Somewhere in the Midwest. Um, yeah. Probably a super nice course too, but I think it's part of, it's one of the TPC network of courses. There's nothing significant about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, and, and so that's the kind of place, you know, the Barracuda down in the Bahamas at a resort course where, Eh, there's nothing too memorable about it uh so no. that's what i think they're, they're trying to do with this signature event uh series and it makes sense and and let's be honest the true you know and i no i'm gonna stop myself i'm not gonna say true golf fans golf fans part of what they do enjoy watching at least i do enjoy watching when watching golf is the 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 scenery of whatever golf course they're on because there are certain courses that just have those distinguishable views or camera angles or holes um like that's enjoyable and that it, it, it's no uh it's not a mistake that broadcast puts up featured holes like where the camera stays on these holes like it's all on purpose it makes sense you get the most picturesque historic courses out there and so yeah i agree the the signature events that they're doing right now it's making sense it's working pebble beach is always going to be there that i still think that they didn't have to give it the signature uh status be, because i think it was going to draw anyways but maybe i'm wrong because you just said before that there's guys who haven't been there uh, in the past couple of years you know between rory and scheffler and uh, so maybe they, maybe it did change it. Maybe they, all of a sudden they're here because of the signature. Like I don't know for sure, but well, yeah, they're required to be. Well, yeah. So that's maybe it, maybe it was smart. I don't know, but uh, Pebble Beach this week, and then yeah, maybe we can talk to Cutter uh, next week and see uh, the aftermath of what Pebble looks and feels like after a pro am PGA. Uh, that could be interesting to talk about. I, don't I mean, that. we talked to one of the biggest party guys in golf leading into one of the biggest party weekends in sports mm. because next weekend is the waste management uh, that leads right into Super Bowl Sunday, which I had it mixed up recently. Such was, a good I, weekend. <laughs> I saw somebody comment uh, on, on uh, one of my posts at this buds for you, F O R E, and that for check me out on Instagram. Check me out. <laughs> check me out. <laughs> Where all the cool kids are at, you know? <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, wow. But somebody, 
somebody commented, uh, you know, I'm surprised that they don't do a Wednesday. I was talking about how the farmers does Wednesday to Saturday because they don't yes. want to go head and head on Sunday. Sunday on the NFL, I mean, that you know, that they 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 control. It's weird how a conference conference championship Sunday has become this big because it is. They're like, wait yeah. a minute, bing. It's two Super Bowls. It's kind of two mini Super Bowls. That's where the it's Super Bowl is born out of. Yeah. So someone paid seventy three thousand dollars to sit three rows from the field in the Ravens game. Seventy three thousand dollars I saw for it. That was for two. That was total for two tickets. God, that's insane. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, they were talking about why doesn't they? You know, why I would think that uh, this person was musing. You would think the PGA Tour doesn't want to mess with the Super Bowl, and I was like, oh, contraire. And I didn't use that actual language because I don't know if that's what you actually say. But basically, I was like, actually, no, they they love, I think, enter, ending the waste management on Super Bowl Sunday. It's the same thing like yeah. ending uh, the U.S. Open on Father's Day. It's become synonymous. And mm -hmm. the waste management being the signature party event, again, it doesn't need the title signature or even the money. Yeah. Uh, I think it's still going to get some of the big names for the tradition around the waste management and just kind of the fact that it gives that atmosphere. Um they love that it ends a little earlier. They do start their final round a little bit earlier to accommodate yeah. television time because they they want nothing more than like a, a winning putt to be drained on the 72nd hole. And then it just, and, you know, they pivot right on over to the Super Bowl with the national anthem finishing off and let's go. You know, I mean, it's well, that's the Super idea Bowl is on Super Bowls on CBS this year because they, they do rotate with the with the their network deals of who gets the Super Bowl. You know, Super Bowls on Tony CBS Ro this year. Tony Romo calling the Super Bowl? He better fucking not be. I, I mean, I, that's the, that's the CBS team, isn't it? Jim Nance and, is Jim Nance and Tony Romo. Uh, you know, I didn't, hadn't even thought about that yet. Who is calling the Super Bowl? Oh, did I just oh, bust not be Tony Romo. I, Jim, not, Jim I, Nance I just, and Tony Romo. He, he just says I forget what it was in, in one of the games this past weekend. Um, he's there was he there was one of the plays happened. I think it was like a fumble or something, and he said something along the lines of. Uh, well, you know what? I got to tell you, that was a really important play right there. It's like, no, it's a turnover. No shit. Like, wh I what are you, him. who are you talking to, Tony Romo? Like, <laughs> I, 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 I absolutely love him. And I think I love him for the uh, uh, bless his heart kind of aspect of it because I know, I know less than Dick about football. Uh, yeah. so as far as like the, the, the quality of his content, but somebody else pointed out, uh, how Greg Olson over on Fox was very was able to is able to like just quickly succinctly and in layman's terms explain what happened on a play and doesn't have to dive into either the over wonky side of things or the over generous generalized like oh shucks version uh but tony yeah. romo and jim nance doing the super bowl this is gonna be fun uh, i'm so what disappointed happened? now no, that that it's just confirming that it's Tony Romo. Like, and the, here's the sad part is that his Tony Romo's first year as a broadcaster, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was something different, the in-depth analysis he gave. But then I don't know what happened between year one and year two. He just started talking a lot of stuff that yes, it made sense, but it was useless. <laughs> it was just a lot of useless information, useless things to be said to fill the airways. I don't know, whatever. Uh Super Bowl's coming up. Look, that's gonna pretty much wrap it up. I know we we wanted to talk about how our emergency nine did last week. I can tell you right now, I'm gonna give you the summary. Shit, uh, my my picks did shit last week. So uh, sorry about that. <laughs> I did okay. And the way we're tracking this is similar to the way we do my the way my other league does. We're just gonna track the total money earned by your players and just see you know at the end where does it shake out. Right now, I got about a two hundred one hundred seventy thousand dollar lead on Andrew. Neither one of us did particularly great. I mean, I had I had seven of nine make the cut. Uh, as opposed to your five to nine. So I guess I did win the week if you want to call it that, but we're not going to call it that Jim Nance, by the way, famously has a house on Pebble beach and in his backyard is a scaled down replica of the seventh hole. Fun story every year that we don't get to. Uh, and I guess we are going to miss him. He'll probably, I don't know if he's going to be on the call and then turn around and do the Super Bowl. I can't imagine that'd be a long day, but then again, yeah. he is Jim Nance. He is Jim Nance. He's probably done crazier before. Uh, but that that's going to wrap it up for us here tonight on Divots and Pivots here on the Fantasy Sports Corporation. Uh, if you are into the Super Bowl, a big football fan, you can catch Bud and I actually on the Fantasy Sports Corporation's uh, Super Bowl Super Show. I don't know what the actual title is going to be of it yet uh, on Fantasy Sports Corp. What, what, is that what you're pointing at? What the hell are you pointing at? 
Can you not see the screen? Yes, it's, I'm, I'm pointing right to Fantasy yeah, okay. Sports Corp. See, I thought I had said it. I'm sorry. Yes, I thought I said it. On the Fantasy Sports Corp YouTube channel and on Rumble, uh, we will be live for the Super Bowl from 9 to uh, 12 on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Bud and I will be hosting a segment where we will be interviewing Chef Brian Duffy, uh, probably most famously known for his work on Bar Rescue, but he's been on countless Food Network shows, HGTV shows. Great he's meat a, guy. Great meat guy. He's going to be uh, hopefully smoking some wings, some ribs, and some steak for us live in our segment with him. So tune into that uh, Super Bowl Sunday and all the great guests and all the great segments we got going on for you. Once again, I'm Angela Duke, a.k.a. Mr. Mal. This is Bud Copeland at This Bud's for you with the E. Don't forget the E. We love you guys. Stay classy.